There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Tonight on this episode of Talk Murder to Me, we head across the pond for a senseless and brutal killing. Yes, officer? License and registration, please. Uh, what, what's the problem here? Well, you're going too slow, Sunday driver. It's only Saturday. Let me just ask one thing. So you, you said your name was... Oh, the full name is yeah. uh, Traxler okay. Willard Littlejohn. They never told me your full name, so we've just been calling you the gin guy. Yeah. The gin guy. But that's yeah. not... <laughs> There's what do you want to be known for? What do you uh, want to be called? Well, I, yeah, what do we call you? Man, there's so many variations on yeah. Traxler. It's not even funny. Traxler, yeah. I had a, and I had long hair, so you can see I'm bald now. I actually had long hair about like halfway down my back. My friends called me Traxel Rose, you know? So yes. I was, like, I was like, that's a great rocker name. Looks like a biker, but now yes. it's just a... Tracks or Traxler. But yeah. the gin guy, I've been called that at Pugin Sports yeah. a couple times. What? Like, there's the gin guy. <laughs> it's like, I would be the gin guy, but now that I'm coming out with other products, it's like, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, Your yeah. gin is amazing, the by the guy. way. So tonight, welcome to Talk Murder to Me. We have a very special guest with us sipping some amazing cocktails. Uh, we have Traxler Little John. Yep. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Good job. <laughs> yes. I mean, it. Very few get it right the first time. And Traxler is the owner of Nipitati. Did I say that right? Yep, you did. Nipitati Distillery here in Charleston, South Carolina. And you br- do you use the word brew? Uh, no, no, we uh, distill. Distill. That makes sense. It's, you yep. know, distillery. Duh. Right. The most amazing, liter- like truly, I don't, I don't lie. I don't exaggerate. The best alcohol I've ever tasted. I've never been able to have a swig of straight alcohol. And we do surprise shots on this show and mm-hmm. not like want to cough it up or like struggle swallowing it. Man, we drink that whole thing from the bottle. Yeah. Yes, we did. I mean, look at our drinks now. Like I never drink this much before we even get started. <laughs> I know. I think we're all down to half a tank right not, now. It's like we made these, yeah. what, uh, 10 minutes ago? Yeah, and not now even. It's, uh, just not saying that y'all down. don't know how to mix things good. But. Oh, no, but it's it's all about the quality of the booze. It is. Yeah, I think it really is. is. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it very was. smooth. It was delicious. Yeah. So get tell you in us trouble. About, about yourself, your distillery. Um, Let's see. Uh, I've been in Charleston for about 10 years. I was an HR director for 13 years, and I always say right I lost— on. Lost part of my soul with that one. It was uh, never a happy 
point of my life. And um, I so feel that. Yeah, it was like one day, you know, when you're sitting in your car and you don't want to go into work, you can get into your office and you want to cry underneath your desk, you realize a change has to be made. And so I've brewed beer for six years and I wanted to get into liquor because beer and I never get along from a waistline standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was like, you know, I mean, well, here's the thing. Liquor, when it comes to vodka and gin, zero carbs, zero sugars if you mix it with just soda. Amazing. I mean, hate to break it to anyone's heart, vodka and gin are exactly the same thing, except gin has the addition of one thing. Juniper. That is I what legally, that. That I is what that legally makes it gin. Yeah. Gin Holy is shit. vodka. I had no idea. That has a juniper berry. That's it. It's called a neutral spirit with the addition of juniper. Vodka is a neutral spirit. Whoa. Yeah. Mind, Mind blown. blown. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, this vodka is gluten-free. No, most liquors are gluten-free yeah. unless they add something at the end. So I decided to get Whoa. into making liquor. And the thing about gin is you can control the flavor profile from the very beginning. Meaning, yes. like beer. You know, you, beer, you can have stouts all the way to IPAs. Gin, you can say, I want it to have this type of nose, this body, and this finish. You can mix all your botanicals, distill it two days later, taste it, and you know where it's at, and you can make changes. Mm. Whereas bourbon, rum, tequila, even wine, you have this unknown element of aging that you're like, okay, I'm just going to let this shit sit here for a minute and wait. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to wait and wait. We have an idea of what it's going to be like. We know it's going to be good, but we don't know the final product. Huh. Whereas gin, you can dial that puppy in from the very beginning. That's crazy. And make it the mm. way you want. Is it, and so that's the only you one. Can tell. Even vodka, you can't do that. No, you can do, you that, do that with, with vodka? You can do that with flavored vodka. Okay, so you gotcha. Can start off with the vodka, and then add all the ingredients or all the flavors you want to at the end, and get your flavors from there. It doesn't require any aging, but most other stuff requires this unknown element. Yeah. Man, wow. That's I mean, so interesting. you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Because, like I said, I mean, I don't know if you guys feel differently about drinking booze straight out of a bottle, but that's. Definitely the only booze that's what that we I was did like, with pass yours. That back, man. Yeah, as soon as I grabbed Ugh. that bottle, I was like, "Oh man, like this is gonna be rough." You know, I'm just taking this for the tour, just to have fun. And then I was like, "Damn, this you is got, so smooth." I never have to DD home. I was you like, always do. And <laughs> yeah. you, wait, you drove home. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes to just how much Jen had. No, that we bottle. actually went to the pizza place. No, <laughs> first. I know we went to the. Oh, okay. Nicole drove from the pizza but place. But anyway, no, I drove the entire fantastic way home. product. Oh, fantastic. Shit. I'm gonna change it up tonight. Oh. Okay. Not a surprise shot, not a surprise shot, but it's awesome gin, so we're drinking it tonight. <laughs> what the fuck? This is the Nipitati gin, the organic gin from Nipitati Distillery. Ooh, yeah, so good. D- I didn't even flinch. Then cinnamon comes one to two seconds at the very end. It oh, does. Yeah. Yep. All right, do these guys look English to you? Yes. They look like FBI agents <laughs> to me, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's really close because they're... M5? CIA? <laughs> no. Interpol? No. <laughs> that's a BMW. Are they... <laughs> are these guys... Double they, They're not Beamer owners. Uh, oh, what am I thinking of? Double M- You're thinking M- M- MI5 yes. and MI6. But you said M5. I was like, that's like a high-end yeah. BMW. I mean, BMW. M5 is BMW. Please forgive me. What year do you think these pictures were taken? Um, 1955. Uh, yeah, probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I'll, early I'll say 60s. 60s. Yeah. All right, so tonight, you know, I was I was trying to, because I didn't really know who you were. 
you know, because they didn't they don't tell me what? shit here. Okay, stop saying <laughs> they because I didn't know either. There's a website and there's a whole two minute yeah. video of me on the yeah. website. Where you talking about mean, human resources and I was like, damn. Yeah, like, that poor this. asshole. <laughs> yes, they don't tell me shit. I get it. Anyway. Stop saying they. <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm literally also, the last person to find anything out. No, no, no. False. We tell true. John everything. He just chooses not to listen. From what I found, and I'm not sure this is true, but Jen is actually from Holland, but mm-hmm. we think the most people that drink it, obviously, is, you know, the Brits. Yeah, they, from Holland, is called a Genevieve, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Yep. But it's mostly known in, in you know, yep. the England. UK. Yeah. Well, Sapphire has yeah. has the Queen's image on it, and also, oh. I don't know which Queen, I don't remember, and then Beefeater has the, the guard <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to go there tonight, but I, I was like really struggling to find a good story. And I, I found this one. And this was actually, if you're over there, you know this story. It was huge. These three men are CID agents. So we're going tonight to August 12th, 1966. Oh, right. that's a day before my birthday, but also 30 plus years. Now, tell me if you've heard no, of this. 20 plus years. You most likely haven't, because I haven't heard of this, and I know a lot about murder, trust me. The Shepherd's Bush murders. Anybody? No. No. Uh-uh. Okay. That's what we're talking about tonight. So from right to left, you got Christopher Head. Now, he is a cop through and through, his family and all that stuff. He joined the police force there in 1958, and he joined the CID program. He's very popular and well-liked. All these guys are CID. He was in the passenger side of this car, and I'm going to show you pictures in a second. Okay, in the back seat was Detective Constable Womwell. He's the second one there. He's a 25 years old. He's got a wife, two young children, three-year-old, and an 18-month Very smart, very ambitious, and multiple papers described him as a rising star in the community. The driver right here, he's obviously the oldest guy. He's got that receding hairline. Oh, no offense. No, no, sorry. (laughs) I gave up on that battle a long time ago. I just have the shaved head. You know who else he kind of looks like? I would do that, But not. Were you losing the hair? Oh, I I had to change my profile in my wife's picture so many times. She's like, babe, retake. Because you could see all the patchiness. So the driver, that's Jeffrey Fox. He's a 41-year-old, three children, Royal Navy. He actually joined the police force in 1950. Now, he was the driver, and I'm going to get into the car they were driving because from my research with this, from my, this gin's getting to me. (laughs) It's so good. I blame the absinthe. (laughs) It's not the gin. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) From my research into the car, that car specifically, it was a Triumph. You could only be an experienced driver to drive this car. Okay. So he was the permanent driver because he had all this high-tech experience, driving courses, all this stuff. August 12th, 1966. This is 3.15 p.m. Now we're in West London. These three guys, these cops you see right here, were all in the same car. Now they were doing their routine drive around, and we'll talk about what cops did in this part of London back then. Because I want to say no cops, even today, I, I found a an article from uh, like Yahoo News that said 90% of cops, even today, don't carry guns. Even what? today. Exactly. So these guys are not armed at all. It just seems wrong. Well, I, we'll you know? we, can, we can go down that avenue if you want to. 90% of cops 
like across the world? Or no, no, Britain? no. I'm sorry. In, yeah. in, in Britain. In Britain, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Like, like, I'm pretty sure a, every cop I've ever yeah. seen they have here has a gun. Arm, armed response units. So most mm. cops have batons, tasers. Yeah. I could see that yeah. having spent some time in Well, Europe. it's hard to see it here, different. you know, especially in that time over there. None of the citizens had guns. Over in America, Everybody's literally everyone a has a gun. So the cops have to, like, match that. You know what I'm Makes saying? Mm. This is at 315. It's a really quiet area. It's right by a prison, but it's also, like, a residential place. Very quiet, serene. You know that Britain, everyone's, like, walking around drinking tea, you know, saying good day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tea and crumpets, that good smash. The good stuff. Yeah, so these CID agents... Their entire job was to drive around and kind of look for stuff that didn't fit in to the scenery. Basically, criminals, petty crime, all this stuff. They pulled over this car that was a standard Vanguard van, which I'm going to show you because I had to look it up. Pretty cool looking car. They pulled over this suspicious looking Vanguard van in the middle of this residential street. Back then, especially in London, they would pull up to you and just roll down the window and kind of like wave you over. It's like, get over because you knew that they were the police. And these guys weren't wearing police badges or whatever. I mean, you see them right here. They're wearing suits. You know, these were the undercover CID, but everyone knew they were police. So they're driving down Braybrook Street. Now, this is Keep in mind, this is London. All everyone's drinking tea. There's like a river over there for some reason, and like ducks. The Thames. Yeah, <laughs> the one. The Thames. We're about the Thames. The Thames. <laughs> okay, the whatever. It's not all right, Thames. All right, all right, Bobby. It's Thames. It's Thames. T I M. Tim. Yeah. So the prison there near is Wormwood Scrubs. Now that's not really important, but kind of because there's been a lot of break-ins recently at this particular prison. So this weird car with these three kind of sketchy characters in it Mm -hmm. are driving down this residential neighborhood. They are near this prison. Obviously, they're probably here for a breakout. You know, someone's going to break out. They're going to jump the wall. They're going to jump in this little, you know, standard van these guys have, this Triumph van. And not only that, but they didn't have the right license registration. And Mm -hmm. not only that, they had the exhaust pipe. It was wired up to the car, which is like really Hmm. weird why they would do that. Anyway, these CID officers, they decided to stop them. The guy on the left you're looking at, and go to talkmore.com to see the pictures, is the driver, Jeffrey Fox. He's 41, like I said. and The he, one with the eyebrow raise. Uh, yeah, the John Hamm. Yeah. He is very attuned to faces around the area. He's been in the force for now going on 15 years, and he knows all the local criminals. He knows all the wannabe gangsters and everything else. He knows everything, but he didn't know the people in this particular car. So he decides to stop this car. Let me really quick, before I go any further, just reinforce the police state, if you will, in the 60s in Britain. No police radios except in their cars. And that was only very few of them had radios. They had these things called police boxes, you know, and by Beard Cats, that yeah. uh, police station, they yeah, have yes, a police yeah. box. The nicest ass police yeah. station ever. So it's like a basically a telephone with a light on it. No guns, no handcuffs. Even they today, just wave these people over. But you got this like old car. They go to the right of them and roll down the window, you know, because their wheels on the left yeah. or the right, the right, right. the right, the yeah, wheels right. on the right. So they wave them over, and the CID officers that you're seeing on the screen, they pull in front of them about maybe 15 meters, like you know, kind of 
blocking them so they can't speed off diagonal. I like that you use the metric system because we're covering a British case, but in America, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to have to do the math. (laughs) People are like, what the fuck is a meter? I do that on a (laughs) daily basis. It was a standard, standard pullover. The only tools they had was a whistle and what they call a truncheon, which is basically a small batten. This car is obviously doing something sketchy. They're parked really close to the prison. The youngest guy that was in the back, his name was Detective Constable Wombwell. Womb, Womb, and then Well. Wombwell. Wombwell. Detective Constable Wombwell, 25 years old. So if you think about it, you know, the young guy, 25 years old, they're like, yeah, you go check this out. He's sitting in the back. He's like, yeah, you know, you're the young, young gun, mm-hmm. up and coming. You go deal with this, you know, get their license and insurance and all that stuff. So he did. He goes up to the car and he asks for the license and insurance. Now, the driver, which I'm going to get to because there's three in the car. You have a driver, a passenger next to him, and someone in the back seat. The driver pulls out the insurance, and it actually ran out, expired that day. But that's not really a big problem. The big problem is they have a bunch of stolen license plates in the back of the car. That's a problem. That That, <laughs> that is a problem. That's an indicator. <laughs> Okay, so let me... Something's wrong here. Exactly. Let me uh, quickly go over who is in the other car. You mean bodies? What's that? Bodies? Bodies? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm waiting for the murder. (laughs) I came here strictly for murder. We, right. He gin. was told there would be oh, gin. No, I blood. brought the gin. I mean, I came in for good company, he, which he, I have. He came for the murder. Oh, thank you. Murder yeah. was waiting on. The penis straws. Okay, people, I know. Uh, everyone's penis straws <laughs> in a murder van. Everyone waits on the murder. You have John Whitney. I'm going to show you pictures of these guys in a little bit. He is a driver. He's 36. You have John Duddy, which when I was doing typing this up, it kept Duddy. doing daddy. And I'm like, fucking shit, spell checker. <laughs> This is when I get really concerned when he does things on my computer or my work yeah. computer. I'm like, shit, this is going to look really bad. It like bad accidentally at work. Yeah. sends it to Do not someone. Send hey, email. Do not send that email. <laughs> so, John Duddy, he was in the back seat. And then the passenger of the car, Harry Roberts, keep that name in mind. Jen, what was that name? Harry, Harry Roberts. Roberts. Harry Roberts. I'm Jen. You're Nicole. <laughs> I was just saying it just in case. Oh, he asked me. It's okay. I forgive the you. detective constable goes up to the car. And he basically, you know, he's a young gun. He doesn't really know what's going on. So he's like, I need your license and your insurance, please. John Whitney, the guy, the driver, pulls it out. Woonwell is looking at his, you know, all this stuff. And is like, you know, this doesn't really match up. And the car doesn't actually match the insurance policy, all this stuff. So oh, exactly. Yeah. You see, if it's one day expired, he could let that slide. But if it's the yeah. wrong fucking car, <laughs> that's kind of a big thing. Well, the, you yeah. should be driving the 1984 Ford panel van, sir. Well, the car was. <laughs> however, that van. However, this is the M5. So. The car was actually stolen, oh. and in the back seat, it they had a bunch of uh, license plate because they were at the time going to steal other cars. Inside the car, you have in the trunk a lot of license plates because they're gangsters. These are all three gangsters, which I'm gonna show you. The, I'm gonna show you the pictures in a minute. All three of these guys are gangsters. Now they're all petty criminals. They're going to steal a car. There's also an Quote from the Guardian of that time, an extraordinary cachet of weapons. 
And in that time, in that time in England, weapons exactly. Yeah, no, no, exactly, no. no. For instance, kind of like the, different when you think of the, about like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, they could exactly. access them, yeah. but like Al Capone more over there. In fact, the weapons used in this particular story were not regular go to the gun store and buy them. They were actually souvenir weapons used in the war. The so second it'd be like someone walk around the U.S. shopping mall with a rocket launcher. It's like, yeah. oh, like no <laughs> one has ever seen that shit. Yeah, like uh, no old, one's ever wow. seen exactly. this ever in England. Right. Exactly. Like, Whoa. So okay. they have mm. a huge canvas bag filled of these things and license plates. And license plates. Okay. And in the middle of the driver and the passenger, they have a canvas bag of more weapons. They're up to no good. Something is up. Exactly. And the car didn't give it away at all. I mean, looking at that car is no way gangster in any way. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. The window of the driver's side is down, and he's trying to explain his insurance. In the passenger seat, the guy, Harry Roberts, which is the main character of this story, was getting really anxious. And in fact... He once served in the Army. He actually just got out not too long ago. But if you go into his past a little bit, he grew up with the gangsters. Uh. And he doesn't like how this situation's going, Mm-mm. especially since the cop is starting to ask questions about the trunk. Oh, you know, what's in the trunk kind of thing. He doesn't like where this is going at all. Harry Roberts, as I'll get to later, his new job description, his occupation on LinkedIn and stuff like that, <laughs> is bank robber. That Ooh. is his occupation. Badass, man. Now, there was a canvas bag, like I said, beside them. It was open a little bit, you know, where you could stick your hand in there if you need to or whatever. Full of weapons or full of cash money? Not weapons like uh, rifles, but pistols. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it was weapons and license plates and in the trunk. And flashlights. Ah. And like a lot of flashlights. What do you need with all those weapons, though? (laughs) Flashlights. Yeah, flashlights. Flashlights. As long as you have flashlights, you're good. Flashlights. Flashlights. Penis straws. straws. They were stopped by a police cue car containing Detective Sergeant Head, Detective Constable Woonwell, and Police Constable Fox. The sergeant and the Detective Constable started questioning the men in it. Suddenly, the man Roberts in the front passenger seat pulled out a Luger pistol and he shot Detective Constable Woonwell through the open window of the van. The Detective Constable died at once of a bullet through his head. That's sad. Okay. Well done. Yes. I mean, seriously, I mean, that was beautifully done, <laughs> Thank Jen. you. Thank seriously. you. She really tries with that's, her. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, it's one of my well secret was, talents. It, it wasn't Liverpool. It was more London-ish, but I liked it. A little bit of Cockney, but not too Jen's, much. Yeah, not too much okay. Our Jen, accent Jen's going to bypass us all and do stand-up someday. Yeah. Okay, so we let me put this in work. context for you. This constable, he I mean, 25 years old, he's new on the force. You know, he's just... Think about a cop trying to check your license dates for the insurance. Is this expired? All of a sudden, the guy in the passenger seat, who you didn't know before this, was extremely violent, says, fuck it. He basically takes his, his right arm, because he's on the left, remember? Because yep. they drive differently for some right. reason. Takes his right arm, pulls out a 9mm Luger, like an old Hitler Luger, because it's a souvenir. He pulls out, I mean, this is quick. I'm talking about, like, sharpshooter, wild, wild west type of shit. He pulls it out and he says, ah, fuck off. Ah, fuck off. Boom. And he shoots him. And it's so close range because his arm is going over the driver. Right in front of the driver's face. So, I mean, probably about a good foot away. And it goes right through his left eye. 
You didn't. Uh, yep. I thought you learned your lesson. I guess not. Dad, the vultures are back. Okay, kids, you know the drill. Windows up. Gone too far looking for a good deal on gas? Try Price Match, only from BP Me Rewards at participating BP and Amico stations. Learn more at bp.com slash best price. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. I mean, he's dead. He's checking an insurance policy date and all of a sudden lights out dead. There's no computers. He's just sitting there. Exactly. Pair and contrast. Look at the make of the car. Gangster car. Yeah. Gangster insurance. Gangster car. Gangster insurance. Bam. All of a sudden it was quick. Done. Now you killed a you killed a Bobby, a yeah, cop police. Killed, no, no, you killed a, a Bobby with two other Bobbies. Exactly. Oh shit! So now, what happened then? Now this whole story, okay? But they don't have guns. I'm a exactly. I'm gonna break this story down. You're gonna be like, wow, this took forever. You know, an hour. This whole incident, less than thirty seconds. This was quick. Harry Roberts, he was a maniac. He just took the gun out, thug off, shot him right in the eye. All right, so let's go. So yeah, the post got shot. Yeah, it, like in the left eye. The postmortem exam, Doctor Donald Terry, I don't know his real name, Terry, said that the case of the cause of death was a laceration to the brain due to bullet wound. Basically, it ripped his brain open. Ooh. Oh shit! Okay, now at the same time, you have Detective Sergeant Head, the second guy in the middle that you guys saw a minute ago. Yeah. He was actually on the way to the car because he's like, this young, before the shooting, this young gun, I just told his asshole to go check the insurance. What's he doing over there? He's probably doesn't know where he's at. So he gets out of the car because he's the second, you know, youngest or whatever. He goes over for assistance. And right about the time he gets to the other side of the car, because you know how police go to separate sides of the car. That's when the shooting happens. And it's real quick. I'm talking about this guy just all of a sudden just pulls out this Luger and says, fuck off, and shoots him right in the eye. Boom. Now this officer, the other one that's not dead because the other guy died instantly, he is like, what the fuck? And in fact, he turns around away from the violence and looks at the driver, the other CID officer, Officer Fox, and he says, no, no, no. And that's exactly what he said. That's quoted from witnesses. At the same time, that same maniac that shot the guy in the eye gets out and shoots him, bow, right in the back. So the shock of the murder was so just like it wasn't real. This detective, Sergeant Head, actually turned away from the violence, which is crazy if you think about it. Like, it's like not real, not <laughs> like real. Instead of yeah. saying no, 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 it was like nope, not today. <laughs> what? And, <laughs> it's, it's like he can't believe it's happening, or he's saying exactly. no, 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 I don't have a fucking gun. Exactly, but he wasn't. Yeah. He, the thing was, yeah. he wasn't running back to the car. No, no, he, was he was just, just like, like it was in shock. It's exactly, like, shock. It's like, it's like there you go. Fight or flight yeah. or freeze. And so he exactly. might have frozen, and frozen seeing his friend yep. being shot. No, no, no. Didn't bam, exactly. he just shot. 
by dude coming yeah. out of the car shooting his ass. It, yeah. And then what happens? It's like all within 30 seconds. So you're wow. talking about like right now we're at like yeah. seven yeah. seconds. Okay. He gets shot in the back. Now that actually punctured his lung, but it wasn't fatal. He was the last one to die. All three of these officers are going to die today. Oh. He's the last one. He gets shot, lung punctured, falls on the ground. And do you remember how I said those weapons that they were using were antiques? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Harry Roberts, the main guy of this episode, he gets out, and he walks up to the crawling now, shot in the back, punctured lung, Detective Sergeant Head, and he puts the barrel right up to his head. He's going to finish the job. Pulls the trigger. Click. Nothing. Because it's an antique, the cartridge actually stuck. Okay, oh. I know I'm building your anxiety. You're getting You're all... killing me, Smalls. <laughs> is, Are you is, in the gym is, joint? Is, is, uh, yeah. And the what? Yep. I just thought of that. And now. And now, so what does he do? The guy, the constable, actually starts crawling away towards the car. Now oh. remember, because the whole time I was researching the story, I'm like, why didn't the driver just take right. off? Yeah. But you got to imagine this was all so fast. No one knew what was going on. It's under 30 seconds. Yeah. Exactly. So this constable, the one that was shot, is, you know, dragging himself towards the car with all his might. Harry Roberts, the guy, the killer, grabs his two legs and tries to pull him back. And the constable actually jerks his right leg out and kicks him right in the face. And it busts open his jaw and everything. just blood squirting everywhere. So he gets pissed off. He takes that Luger, reloads the cartridge puts it right back to his head, click, again, nothing. So he is basically going to live from what you would think. Okay, all right, so the driver, at this point, he actually puts the car in reverse because you met Harry Roberts got out to shoot the second guy. So he I is would run. behind the car. Mm-hmm. So the Detective Fox, remember, he's older, experienced driver, you know, of that car. He puts in reverse, is like, what the fuck's going on? Remember, this is all under 30 seconds. He tries to back up and run over Harry I Roberts. Knew it. I knew it. I was like, <laughs> boom, boom, kid. boom, boom. When he said he was going to throw it in reverse, I knew it was like so fast. He was going to run over somebody. Yep. He but ran over his boy. It. He yep. didn't. No. Uh, no, no. He okay. ran over the robber. His his boy, the other cop, was to the side of the car. So he was r- horizontal to the car. Because he crawled up trying okay. to get to so the he, car. So him crawling saved Wait, his ass. Yes. He was parallel or perpendicular? Or what? No, he, all right, so the cop parallel, car. Uh, parallel. If he's you. even with the car, so the car basically. Well, he said here, he's horizontal he, he with is, the car. The car backs up. Here he is. You go, whoop, yeah, right that's what I thought. Line. Yeah, I so they're right next to He's looking at a tire saying, thank God I'm just shot in the lung not running. Well, out. no, no, no. Before he backed up, he was level to them. They were right in the same place, perpen- or, uh, parallel, parallel to each other, right next to each other because he was crawling towards the car. Yeah. Then he decides to back up oh. to give the yeah. other guy cover and to hit yeah. the guy if he can. Yeah. Uh, the detective that was shot in the lung actually crawls in front of the car at this point. Oh, no. So now at this point in time, let me break down the scene for you. You have... The first cop, he's been dead, shot in the eye. Yeah. You have Harry Roberts, the main character, the gangster. He's out trying to shoot this one cop, and it keeps getting stuck. Okay? The other car with the Detective Fox, he backs up. That gives enough time for the detective shot in the lungs to crawl in front of the front of the car. Now, Duddy. Remember I said Daddy? 
Oh yeah, big duddy, yeah, big duddy. Well, actually, like was, young... he, was he the criminal or the cop? Okay, so these three criminals that uh, I can show you a picture yeah. in a minute—they are all petty criminals. Duddy and the other—I forgot his name right at the top of my head. I'm drunk, but the other guy, petty criminals. But Harry Roberts, he is a very violent yeah. bank robber, very violent, and in fact. There was a lot of people robbing banks in Britain, like everywhere. Yeah. But he was one of the only ones to use a gun. Because remember, I said no one uh, had guns. Uh-huh. And in fact, the guns he was using were souvenirs. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, I just baffled. It's like... I, you have a big-ass knife? A, like, maybe a machete. You, what do you I got? A, I have a big fucking stick. Yeah. This is actually A samurai. <laughs> this is a cricket Yes. Trick. I want all the yeah. pounds. <laughs> all the pounds. Give me all your pounds. That's why I'm saying the the gun thing is really oh, important. Terrible. Yeah. But Duddy gets out and he pulls and he he grabs his hand into that canvas bag in front that was in the center yeah. console, grabs a 38, which is a smaller caliber than a nine mil. A 38 yeah. special. A 38. A little close enough. Yeah. It's probably got a, sh- a longer barrel, but yeah, it's gonna, yeah. gonna do some damage. Jen, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about guns. I just Bobby hat. I'm just like trying to relate the gun talk. You know. Oh. Harry Roberts, click, click, trying to reload it. Click, click, looks back, and he looks at Duddy. He's like, get the fuck out and come help me. Come fucking help me. So Duddy, you know, being the young, impressionable gangster that he is, grabs that thirty-eight and runs up, and instead of shooting the, the crawling police officer, he takes a shot at the driver. Now, he misses three times, and it hits the wind. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I'm like three times. I three times. He shows me four fingers in one hand, three in the other. That shit is seven. That's a prime number. That's a, That's a, That's a, That's a prime number. Three, he shot three times. It broke out the side windows and the back windows. Now at this point, Detective Fox is getting shot at. He actually puts it in drive. And he's, I mean, because everyone's Yay! dead beside him. Look what we did, guys. And we drank a whole bottle. He's got to get the fuck out and dodge. He puts it in drive. Now, that one last bullet from Duddy. Now, you tell me, little Duddy skinny I want to impress my boss kind of thing. Bow, 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 breaking the windows. That one last shot goes through the temple. Of Whoa. the last police officer. Oh no! Now this is kidding me. Seriously, now this is crazy. You remember how I said that the the sergeant head was crawling because he got shot in the lung and he's crawling and he made it in front of the car. So the driver, Detective Fox, just got shot in the temple, and he is already in Ford. The transmission's already in Ford going. For More acceleration, yeah. Yeah. More, yeah. So he gets shot in the oh temple, just like in the movies. His head hits the steering wheel, and then the foot, the foot presses the accelerator. In no. that old fifties gangster yeah. car, the old fifties gangster. And the only cop that has a chance, the only cop that has a chance, because. Dirty. Because he's got a punctured lung, yeah. and you know. Oh, it's not Duddy. It's, it's uh, no, no, uh, Detective Head. He's yeah, got a yeah. punctured lung, but he could survive. There's oh, a lot of people who survive like that. He was perpendicular. Yeah, yeah, he was run over oh, by yeah. the dead police officer. Oh, I bet you that car was going. It wasn't exactly and it wasn't speeding. Like, it was going. Slow. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't yeah. like and like a speed bump and then crash into the nearby yeah. building. It was 
get over the hump, the dead, the dying body, if you will, get stuck. <gasps> the car, the hood, oh. of the, the front of the car is buried into the the cement, the oh. gravel, the cement. the back Cut. of the car, the cement. wheels are spinning. I understand Still. that word because we are so we speak the same <laughs> you, language. You are the, the southern cat. Cement. Cement pond. It's bull or cement. Yeah. It's cement. Cement pond. I'm just saying. So the car is it literally the cement. At and, a four, and yeah. it goes at like a forty-five degree angle. Oh, the wheels, shit. the back wheels, are still spinning because remember his foot yeah. is now even more pressed on the accelerator. Yeah. So that dying cop has been pinned under the entire. And these are big ass cars. Yeah, you that saw that car. That is a heavy ass car. Steel right there. So dude. it's like the wheels are spinning like crazy, uh, and he's just dying under this car. Oh no! All three cops that day died in the most horrific event that Britain has ever seen For even to this day. a routine traffic stop. I mean, That's crazy. it's like it's a routine traffic stop if he would just would have looked at the registration, insurance. So these are the quotes from the killers. I honestly did not shoot the coppers, Governor. I know you must have found that a whole lot, and I will tell you the truth. I saw the second officer stumble and fall to the ground and Roberts fired again. I don't know how many times. The third officer in the car tried to pull away, but Dottie raced alongside and shot through the window of the car. They then raced back to the car, jumped in and said to me, drive. I said, you must be bleep party. Roberts said, drive on unless you want some of the same. Ten-year-old boy who was actually walking with his sisters down Braybrook Street exactly where this crime took place. And this is actually kind of interesting because he thought in his mind that it was a movie taking place. <laughs> you know, I mean, because it's like cops and robbers. And that's another thing. Do you remember when I said the second detective, when he came over to the car and he just saw his fellow officer get shot in the face. And then that detective who was coming near the car actually turns around away from the violence. Remember I said that away from the violence. It's so surreal when you see a murder take place or when you see a horrific event, uh, being like a combat veteran, you know, I've, I seen like those types of events where you don't actually think it's real. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit into normal reality. And a lot of these cases we do is like that. It's so shocking. It's you, your brain just associates it with being unreal. And I, I believe that's what it is here. Of course, he's 10 years old, so he wouldn't really have too much experience anyway. But the kid actually pushes his sisters out the way. Like they were all walking down the street and he sees this, what he thought was a film taking place cameras and everything, even though he didn't see the cameras, obviously, because there was none there. He runs up and grabs his two sisters and is like, get out of the way. Get out of the way of the shot, you know, because back then when they didn't have digital cameras or whatever, uh, however they make movies nowadays, you know, you could only get a couple chances maybe to do a shot. So he was trying to pull his sisters away from the camera view. That's how crazy this was. And like I said, it was all under 30 seconds. Anyway, this kid says, quote, a bloke, which, man, I love that word. A bloke got out of the van and started shooting. The policeman started running back to the car, shouting, no, no, no. 
A chap in a blue suit who got out of the van shouted, Come on! And a man in a white jacket got out of the van and they both started shooting at the police car. Quote, I thought it was acting even when the shots were fired. Pretty crazy. So let's talk a little bit about how these people know each other. Now, these aren't like Bonnie and Clyde infamous criminals. It is interesting to point out, though, that Harry Roberts, the one that actually started the shooting, he became kind of infamous and almost a celebrity, which is kind of sickening. I mean, same thing with Bonnie and Clyde, but he was on the loose for 96 days. Now, they met a few years earlier. This is uh, from The Guardian London, uh, November 15th, 1966. The attorney general said that the three men had associated on and off for about two years. A Mrs. Perry, which was the girlfriend of Harry Roberts, would say that she had been with Roberts in London when he bought three pistol-type guns, and she had seen Whitney and Duddy with the guns. A Miss Howard would say Roberts had come to her flat in London. She had seen ammunition in the flat. In the flat. I love, man, freaking London. She had seen ammunition in the flat and all three men with loaded guns. All right. So basically what happens, the murder takes place. They all flee. Now, Harry Roberts' mother did put out a plea for her son to turn himself in. I ask you from the bottom of my heart to come into the open and give yourself up. If you make an appointment with me, I will come with you. The whole thing is killing me. Please do as I ask you before there's any more bloodshed. Now, however, what you heard, he didn't hear because he was actually in the woods. Yeah, he was a woodsman. You remember, I brought it up very briefly, but he served a little bit of time in the army. So he actually was able to maintain his sovereignty in the woods, eating whatever, snakes, bugs, squirrels, whatever they got in London that we don't have over here. And he actually evaded police for 96 days doing this until they finally found his campsite. Now, here's a headline from an article where they actually found the fugitive of 96 days, Harry Roberts. It says, prints, like fingerprints, on a whiskey bottle in tent. Clue to Roberts. So what had happened was a local farmer saw a tent, like a makeshift tent, which was Harry Roberts, on his property, but kind of, you know, hidden a little bit. But it still, it wasn't concealed well enough, and he actually spotted it. And that's kind of how this whole thing got brought down for Harry Roberts. Because the other two fugitives were apprehended rather quickly. They were actually both trying to flee the country. They were apprehended super quick. Lastly, what I want to go over is Harry Roberts right now, because in 2014, November 11th, after serving 48 years in prison from when he got captured in on November 15th, 1966, so yeah, right at 48 years, he was released, but he did serve his time, you know, of what he was given. But anyway, this article from The Telegraph, the headline reads, Cop Killer Harry Roberts could be returned to prison over claims he is 
cashing in on his crimes. So I'll link that article. He's basically trying to make movies and books about this. I think it's sick, man. I mean, you kill three cops and uh, anyway, I'm going to put all this these sources on talkmer.com. So if you if you want to see all the videos and the gangster cars and all that stuff, be sure to go there. Also, I want to say I really appreciate you guys. You guys are really awesome, seriously. All the support. We're about to hit our 100th episode. We're doing live shows. I mean, from me, from my perspective, and I'm I'm being completely honest right now, from my perspective in doing this, being a combat veteran and suffering with all this PTSD and stuff like that, which I'm now becoming more open about, this and finding this creative outlet of a podcast, and then not only that, but getting so much support and so much love from you guys. You know, I, I, I'm i living a dream right now that I would never thought. I mean, this is not something that would ever happen to, to anyone like me. And it's just so, I'm so appreciative, appreciative of you guys. So I had this idea, the first podcast I heard from you guys, it was about <laughs> egg games and like yeah. this wild 1920s, like, you know, Buffalo Bill, Farmer yeah. out in Kansas. Like, yeah. it was some crazy shit. So imagine, I was telling them, you're bottling liquor, you're having a good morning, drinking coffee, bottling liquor, and all of a sudden you hear about some guy preserving labias. It just <laughs> throws you off know, your fucking You know, we have the same reaction to, to our Savannah Brewery. Yeah. I'm glad to not go to your website and look at this. Well, I see, you should. I can show you. I'm going to do not put it on the big screen. <laughs> Leave the screen alone. I actually Stop. found the whole suit. There is no fucking, there is no screen. And the screen. nipple there belt. There is no screen. It's, say, say it with okay, me. Okay, fuck, fuck you, you, Santa. Santa. Yeah. Oh, Please. I love Santa. Come on, say, no, no, <laughs> ready, oh, ready? don't cover your ears. Fuck you, You have me Santa. on right now. <laughs> what story am I going oh, to Oh, shit. Oh. Um, are we going to England tonight? <laughs> yes, we are. Yay! I'm so excited. the pond. Yeah, across the pond. Shout out, shout out to Charlotte. Shout out to Charlotte and our new friend Warren. For whatever oh, reason, your mind will be changed. Yeah. It's kind of like saying this: you only know what you like until you've tried something better. Yeah, Branch I don't think out, I'll try something try better. Something I don't want to try anything else. At least else. experience new things or I, stay in your shell, and, like and anal like I, sex. I think I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something Good we night, do for the <laughs> We've had a great show tonight. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.